Uh, last Sunday, I uh, spent much of the day um, in the hospital uh, in Maine Med, a Maine medical center in Portland, Maine, um, with a rib injury. And um, I got a really great gift a day or so later. And it was a recording of you singing last Sunday morning. And it was such a delight uh, to, on one of my early walks as I'm trying to get back some mobility to, um, to, to, to hear you singing uh, while I was walking up a lane in the state of Maine. And it's even better to hear you in person. So I give praise to the Lord for that. I do invite you, I was able by God's grace to use um, Andrew's um, order of service. All of the details of it lined up beautifully with uh, what I thought was uh, what the Lord was placing on my heart. I would ask you to turn uh, to Psalm 130 as we turn now to God's Word. Psalm 130. This is a a prayer that would have been um, sung or or recited or meditated on uh, by the Israelites on their way to the feasts, the annual, three annual feasts um, in in Jerusalem. And it is also, these uh, Psalms of Ascents are also very valuable for us in our journey um, to the new Jerusalem. Psalm 130, out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord, O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchman for the morning, more than watchman for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, uh, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plenteous redemption. He will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. This is the word of God. These prayers... Uh, shape our journey to the new Jerusalem. Along the way, we all experience grief and suffering in various forms of loss. The psalm opens up with these words, out of the depths, out of the depths, our hearts cry out, and we are reminded of Jonah and his prayers as the tentacles of death were wrapped around him and holding him uh, in the water, pulling him down. Out of the depths also uh, remind us of the sense that we may feel in depression or assisting other people in dealing with depression. That is, there is a loss of everything that is good, uh, a perceived loss of everything that is good, And people see things in various shades of gray. It's a very difficult experience out of the depths. I want you to consider helpful things that you have heard in your own suffering. Helpful things perhaps that you've even said in your own suffering. 
And what about hurtful things? Not helpful things that you have heard in your suffering, or perhaps that you've even said and later were grieved by that. Well, my dear brothers and sisters, grief is everywhere around us, and we simply uh, could never um, overestimate it. It is everywhere around us, and we need to be prepared to be useful, to be helpful to one another. In this little psalm, there are four two-verse stanzas, and there is a movement, a movement from a sense of isolation, uh, a movement uh, then to speaking with God out of that isolation, secondly, of confessing our sins to God, and then waiting, waiting with confidence in God, and then talking with others because we are not alone, we are in community. There is a speaking, a confessing, a waiting, and a talking that is woven through this psalm. Verses 1 and 2, then, we speak to God. Uh, Out of the depths, I cry to you. Please consider this morning, what are the griefs and the tears that mark your life, perhaps even this very day? Family crises... The grieving of a death of a loved one. Certainly health crises around us, within our families, within our own bodies, within our loved ones. Sometimes this sense of the depth, out of these depths we cry, it it, it feels unbearable, like we can hardly breathe. We might get claustrophobia. Jesus, who articulates this psalm, first of all, Jesus says, speak to the Lord. Jesus himself speaks to the Lord. And we must consider then, how do we often respond? Sometimes we respond in our deep places. We respond with with speaking to no one at all. We think about things, we ruminate on things, but it's too painful to let other people in. So we're silent. Others do talk to other people, but often with unproductive complaints. Do you hear me, congregation? Often saying things that are not helpful, not productive, and are more in the lines of complaint than speaking to God. But Jesus says, speak to the Lord. Speak to the Lord, and he does hear you. I would submit to you, my friends, that this is not what we do naturally, but it is the work of the Holy Spirit uh, in God's people. God gives us these words from the Psalms to speak back to Him. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. And so we pray, thank you that we are not alone. Spirit, help me to know your strength and your presence. Spirit, help me to know daily your strength and your presence. He knows your struggles more deeply than you do, but he still says, bring them to me. He invites you to speak. Come to me with your words. Speak to the Lord, for he cares. He is the covenant-keeping God. He is the promise-keeping God. Jesus, help me, we pray.
And he does. Now, if this is your instinct, to cry out to the Lord, to speak to the Lord in the midst of your trouble, if this is your practice, you have already arrived as a Christian. You're right where you need to be. You're in trouble, but you're speaking to the Lord. Speak to God. Verses 3 through 4 move us then to at least more specific confessing to God. Confessing to God our sin. And this in no way is saying that suffering is a result of your sin. Certainly it is a result of Adam's sin, but not necessarily yours at all. Why is this man blind? What did he do wrong? What did his parents do wrong? Neither, Jesus said, but that God might be glorified. The big question for us in our fallen world is, does God care for me in the midst of this suffering? Does he love me? He seems so silent. And so it is that, that, uh, that the psalmist uh, gives us these words. Uh, Martin Luther called this a Pauline psalm. It is so full of gospel hope that there is uh, no one and there is nothing that can come between you and God. In you, O Lord, uh, if you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness. Therefore, um, you are to be feared. How we love these words. We're reminded of Romans chapter 8, uh, where, where we, we, we realize that there is no one and there is nothing that can come between us uh, and the Lord. And we remember these words. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things. If he's given us the big thing that is Jesus, of course he will withhold nothing else from us that is needful. Jesus is interceding on your behalf for the forgiveness of your sins. And yet, the forgiveness of sins has a particular purpose to bring us close to God and to bring him close to us. As Peter puts it this way, Christ suffered for our sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. But then he goes on to tell us why. Christ suffered for our sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, not just so that we could walk around cleansed, as beautiful as that is. Not just that we would walk around washed, as lovely as that is. But there, and those are not the purposes of forgiveness. God is way more personal than that. Christ suffered for our sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. Sins having been forgiven, you are now at home in the presence with God. And so even our times of suffering become in the scriptures an opportunity for confession to the Lord. In our suffering, it is when we feel most distant from God. And yet here he says, no, offer up to the Lord your confessions so that you, he would bring you to himself. So that he would bring you home. We have an opportunity in the midst of our suffering to say, okay, you know what? I, I've got I've to name this bitterness. I've got to name this hopelessness. 
I've got to name these complaints and offer them up to God. And he says, I will forgive you, I will set you free, and I will draw you close. We can admit to him, Lord, we remember wrongs against us far too long. And he says to you, I have buried that. Come home to me. We can describe our self-pity and our loneliness and all those things that accompany this sense of being in the depths. And he says, I am with you. The confession of sin that we see from the scripture is a sure fire way to draw near to God. Tremble before him, the psalm says, for his forgiveness is deep and rich even for the most resistant of our stains. And so we speak to God, we confess to God, but then we wait with confidence Verses 5 and 6. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I hope my soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. Yea, more than watchmen for the morning. Many of us wait for things. Many of us get up in the morning and then wait for things in our favorite chair. We sit there and we're waiting. But oftentimes we are waiting with dread and we are expecting the worst. But the Spirit persuades you that God is with you and since you are with and since you are with him and he is with you and since he weeps with you you can wait expectantly wait for the Lord hoping in his word seek the Lord and his strength seek his presence continually seek the Lord the spirit of God is with you so that you endure And we are waiting as those soldiers do, waiting for dawn. Uh, They are waiting for the morning. So we wait for the Lord with confidence in the approaching dawn. We wait on the Lord in confidence of the approaching dawn. On the coast of Maine, the sun starts rising at 4 a.m. every single day in the middle of the summer. As you're waiting in those, in those hours prior to dawn, you know it's coming. It's coming a little bit early, but you know it's coming. You can wait expectantly and with full confidence that that sun is rising. And endurance, one of my, one of my, um, men I admire, Ed Welch, put it this way. And endurance, and endurance is waking up, um, in the morning with the same problem and turning to Jesus every day saying help. It is waking up on day one with a particular problem and it is saying help to the Lord Jesus. It is waking up on day 100 often with that same problem and still looking to Jesus and saying help and the ministry of the Spirit comes not just on day one with enough incremental blessings day after day so that you don't have to pray for the next 100 not how it works but every day you wake up saying I need help and the Lord Jesus answers your call for help and this is where we experience the beauty and the power of Christ We endure even through the same pain. We persevere even through the same pain. 
in hope because dawn is coming. I was so blessed by the reading of, of, of 1 Peter chapter 1 this morning. There is a day coming when all things will be made right. Yes, we are grieved by trials. We are grieved by the testing of the genuineness of our faith. But though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible, full of glory. You rejoice with joy inexpressible. You're waiting with hope for the coming dawn, full of glory. And you wait confidently because you know that he is with you now. I am continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will receive me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my life. So we wait with confidence, with expectation, with patience, with joy. And while we're doing so, uh, we're also talking to each other. This started out as a private chat between you and God. (laughs) You turning over your heart to Him, you confessing your sins to Him. But now it's moving into... We're talking to other people about these things. We don't just think about mercy. We don't just journal about mercy. And we don't even just pray about God's mercy. We also speak to others about his steadfast love. Remember, you were almost dead at the beginning of this psalm. You were in this deep place. And now here it is. You're speaking of abundant life. You're speaking of steadfast love to one another. The tendency that we often have is to measure our suffering against the suffering of other people. Measure our suffering against the suffering of others. And we may speak to ourselves something like this, well, I can't talk to them because their suffering is so much greater than mine. And so we don't, we don't talk about Jesus. We may also say, I can't speak with him. I can't speak because my suffering is so much greater than his. And yet, and yet we are, are far more capable. Having found comfort in God, we are called to share that comfort with other people. Having found comfort in God, we are called to share that comfort with one another. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies and of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with a comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For we, uh, for as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, It is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort.
It is a very good thing, my dear friends. It is a very good thing to shape your mind uh, in such a way that you have words on the tip of your tongue that you may share with other people who are in a state of suffering. Uh, Again, uh, Ed Welch put it this way, develop a liturgy for yourself, a liturgy that you can you can repeat, you can memorize it, you certainly write it down and you review it because it frames a good way for you to be able to speak. It, it frames the way you think about life and the challenges and what the Spirit is doing in you. That's the key thing, what the Spirit is up to. You need to remember what the Spirit is doing so that even in suffering you are equipped to be able to give encouragement to other people. Let me just read a very familiar catechism answer for you. And and hear these words, familiar though they are, hear these words as a way to gird up the loins, First Peter says, to gird up the loins of your mind. And what that really means is strapping on armor to be able to face this hard world where there's suffering and not to be blindsided and sidelined because of it. Listen to these words. What is your only comfort? Did you know I was going to say this? What is your only comfort in life and in death? That I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, everything, all things, must work together for my salvation. Because I belong to Him, Christ, by His Holy Spirit, assures me of eternal life, and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for Him. How's that for a liturgy to guide your life? (laughs) Let's pray. Lord, we are uh, very grateful for these words of Scripture. You call us to come to you out of the depths to bring words with us, to bring humility with us. And you carry us along by your Spirit. You even give us stories to tell one another of your redeeming grace. And so we pray that as your people, we would be men and women and boys and girls of prayer, of encouragement, of a willingness to listen to your word carefully and to heed it to walk in in faith and obedience with joy in our hearts, uh, gospel music on our lips, to carry the hearts of those around us on our way to this new Jerusalem. For it is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen.